0: When the kids call and they say, Hey Dad, can you pick up Skyline? I'm always like, Absolutely. I'm halfway there because you don't have to tell me twice. That's the time for our family to be together, and Skyline's always been part of our family time.
1: Israel is five thousand six hundred and ninety miles away from the US, eleven hours by plane. Hate travels faster in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org.
0: Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep.
1: To me, talking about the bill, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network.
0: A deep down and
1: it's inside the right now, I just want to talk about this championship. I've never had a championship-caliber team to talk about.
0: I want to focus some more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop, deep throw, and it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep
1: to the end zone, and caught for a touchdown! Action. Allen, deep downfield, open! Welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep Podcast. As always, I'm your host today, Kevin Masseri, here with Mike Bunt to talk about the thrilling one-score victory, 23-20 over the Ravens. Uh, we're going to focus our time here talking about the Ravens game as it was a thriller, a lot of good information to come from it, a lot of good data and statistics to come from it that I have jotted down here, some stats, some fun things, some fun nuggets. And Mike, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. The week's always better after an impressive Bills win. Uh, it might have been ugly for a
1: half, but all that counts is the W in the win column. So uh, I'm feeling good today. And conversely, last week against Miami, it was kind of the opposite where a lot of it wasn't that ugly and just didn't score. Um, and, but you know, immersed 500 total yards this week was a little bit different, slow start, sloppy rain. Win. I tweeted out Mike at one point that the bills kind of got rid of a couple of different, uh, uh, problems there, the weather element, they got rid of the one score game element, the close game time management issues that people believe that the bills or, or bills fans even think that they have that, you know, just may or may not be true, Mike, but it looks like they checked all the boxes on some of those like, question marks uh, that they had around where the Bills might fall short, right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, that one-score game narrative is quieted, at least for the time being, um, and the, the ability to come back and then win, minus, still minus some, some quality players, uh, the Bills did a good job uh, of shutting down some of the narratives that were in the media prior to the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was a story of two halves. Uh, No doubt about it. The Bills are now have only allowed seven points uh, in the second half of four football games. Uh, Pretty impressive defense there. No matter who seems to step on the field, you can't use the, well, it's against the last ranked teams. This is against some of the league's best, uh, maybe minus the Titans. Outside of that, the Rams have struggled at times. You know, the Ravens do have an uh, MVP candidate on their team and the Dolphins by all stretch right now you know, kind of still sitting number one in the AFC. So uh, definitely a, a stretch of football to only about seven second half half points this entire season, a really remarkable defense. They're still very high in most defensive categories. Now that's missing some very solid starters in Trey White and Micah Hyde, who's out for the season, as well as Dane Jackson at times. You've had uh, Benford out at times. Like how impressive is it that the Bills defense is doing what it's doing uh, at times missing half of its secondary.
0: Yeah, it's incredible that this defense has not lost a step, essentially, in spite of all the injuries that they've faced. And there's a couple things that really stand out about it. Credit to the defensive line, their pressure rate is the highest graded of any unit by pro football focus. So they're getting to the quarterback, um, might not always be sacks, but they're getting to the quarterback, Von Miller with three sacks, uh, Rousseau with at least a half sack in every game. Uh, so far this season and the linebacker play has been outstanding. I know Eric and the guys have already uh, talked about that a little bit this week, but uh, you look at depth of tackle this year compared to last compared to last year, Milano and um, Tremaine Edmonds are are making tackles at the line of scrimmage. They are making plays. And a lot of that is because they're getting much improved defensive line play in front of them. Daquan Jones is taking care of business um, the second and goal uh, tackle by Milano, uh, Bryant took out three blockers to set up a lane for Milano to, to attack and essentially uh, set up the Bills defense to make a huge goal line stand. So I, I do want to give credit to the secondary, but uh, the players in front of them have made their jobs much easier uh, as a result. But obviously, Kier Elam, tremendous start to his rookie season. Christian Benford was looking good uh, before then. Um Damar Hamlin playing solid in place of Micah Hyden. Is anyone in football playing better at safety than Jordan Poirier at this moment? Because what an incredible start. That second interception he had on Sunday was just fascinating to go from near the, the field goal post to the outside and uh, intercept that at the last second. Just They're just playing incredible at every level at this moment. And just imagine once they get Trey White back, once they get uh healthy Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips back in
1: uh, the lineup, this defense is just tremendous all around. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's impressive. Like there's some, some good statistics to come out of this game. Uh, like really, PFF is a favor of some of the things that the Bills are doing. Actually, Mike, one thing that I have noted here, the number one strength of schedule per PFF, not necessarily win percentage, um. So that's that's pretty. And it's, and it's high on win percentage, too, in terms of its strength of schedules. The Bills have pulled off a three and one schedule, which I got to ask you I wanted to ask you one thing here quickly while we're on the topic. Would you have signed off on three and one to start the year? Yeah, before the season, absolutely, yeah. okay. because
0: I would have assumed that one of Baltimore or L.A. would have given uh, the Bills trouble and it ended up being Miami. Not the not the team I would have predicted, but it, it hardly ever goes the way you expect it. To go before the season. So yep. yeah, I, I would have taken three three and one. And now the important thing is going two and one the next three to get to five and two. If you told me before the season you're sitting at five and two heading into uh the final 10 games of the season, I would tell you there's a chance at 13 14 wins. Um yes. so if they can they can find a way to to beat Pittsburgh and then split Kansas City Green Bay, obviously, ideally you want to beat Kansas City. Uh, if there's either of those games you're going to drop. But uh, I think 5-2 and two is doable right now. Green Bay has not looked that sharp to me. And, yes, Kansas City is looking pretty pretty scary at the moment, but um, we have to remember the Bills went toe-to-toe with Kansas City last year, and
1: there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do the same this year. Yeah, they're a notch worse. I'm sorry. They, they played a horrible game against Indianapolis. Against a bad team, Indianapolis is not very good. Like They're in disarray, like talking about – Total changes there in that front. Uh, and Obviously, you know, not everyone's going to go undefeated, but at the same time, I do believe the Bills play the Chiefs particularly well. One of their biggest problems is Tyreek Hill, as, you know, the Bills have struggled with him in the past. Did okay against Miami, but that game was a little, as we already all know, was a little weird. Uh, but the Kansas City game, they, they have a lack of receivers, and I am not that impressed with what they've been able to do outside of one game, and that was just this past week. They just absolutely dominated. Uh, in in that game and a bad Tampa team, Mike, Tampa did not look the same. They looked pretty bad. Brady looked old for once. I mean, he's finally starting to look a little old that defense didn't do what Tampa defense is known to do. And, and, you know, quite frankly, you know, Kansas city was better Uh, and they still allowed 30 plus points. So I think it was, I think I saw it was Tampa's like second loss ever scoring that many points and losing, which seems weird, only 31 points uh, to, and and losing to Kansas city. But it, it is a statistic that I thought was pretty interesting, but there's just a lot to like about the squad. There's a lot to like about what they are able to do. You know, in the rain was was very interesting to me. I just didn't think that that were, the, that were the elements for a comeback, Mike. I didn't see that that would happen with those kind of elements as really hard to come back, and you could barely throw the ball. It looked – it was probably worse than it looked. Um, you know, it kind of reminded me of the Chiefs game – or excuse me, the Colts game of last year. And early on, I was like, it's going to be a repeat. This happens. Hopefully, they can rebound it two and two. And that was as, as impressive to me as this one-score game phenomenon was, can they actually, A, come back in a game when the weather elements are bad? To me, the weather elements are huge because we have played so many of these games in these weird of weather, just whether it's 500 degrees, whether it's zero, whether it's 100-mile-an-hour winds. It just seems like that's followed the bills under, underneath Josh Allen, and it's really nice to be able to win one of those.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest, I, I didn't feel confident about their comeback chances when they were down 20-3. to three. I know there was a lot of times some people might say they still believed in this team. The Bills have struggled in the elements at times offensively, so that was more my my big concern. The Ravens' defense, obviously not strong this year, but they were playing well early. And when it got to be 20-3, to three, I, I personally thought it just wasn't the Bills' day. Uh, but right before the half – you knew they had to score a touchdown at that point in time. That was uh, a nice indicator of okay, they still have their heads in the right place. This is still a ball game. It's not going to be not going to be easy. You're going to have to play a near flawless second half. But that's what they came out and did. Uh, as you mentioned, only seven points allowed all season in the second half. And yes, the offense was much improved uh, in the final thirty minutes. But I really thought it was the the defense that that gave the Bills the opportunity to win the game. It's not easy to stop the Baltimore Ravens offense. They entered as the number one DVOA offense in the entire NFL, and to shut them out for 30 minutes in any any element is is quite, impre- quite impressive. And the Bills offense, they just did what they had to do. It wasn't even pretty at the entire second half, even when they were moving the ball at times. I thought the last drive of the game was honestly their, their most impressive drive as far as moving the ball, but uh, to do that with Jamison Crowder out, Isaiah McKenzie out, you, you're playing with essentially Stephon Diggs, a hampered Gabe Davis, a somewhat hampered Dawson Knox. You really don't have much confidence in your second, third string running backs at the moment, so you're, you're relying on Devin Singletary. Um, behind an offensive line that right now pro football focus has is the bottom-ranked run-blocking unit in the NFL, and you find a way to come back, that that is uh, quite the job by both sides of the ball to hamper down when it mattered the most and to make the plays. And I, I still look back to that third and three where Allen got just enough loft under to get to Dawson Knox. Just a huge play. You punt the ball back to Baltimore, they probably win that game at, at that situation. So uh, credit to the Bills because three and one versus two and two, two totally different situations right now especially with the psyche of Bills fans if they were on a two
1: game losing streak. Yeah, you'd have to press against the Steelers and not that they wouldn't have gotten it done either way whether they were 2 and 2, 1 and 3 or 3 and 1. I do believe the Bills are a better team. They're favored by a lot. Uh there's there's a lot to to break down in that. And Sean McDermott generally doesn't just like Bill Belichick doesn't lose to rookie quarterbacks. There's a lot of good statistics there that point in the Bills' favor. They're missing their best player by far and TJ Watt so there's just a lot that goes in the bill's favor. However, this Bills still would have been pressing coming in at two and two, knowing that you have Casey and green Bay on the deck um, that you just absolutely need to do anything possible to make sure you take care of business against Pittsburgh. It's not as simple as that. They can be a little bit more relaxed, but one thing to to come out of this game where it was just the continued dominance overall of the defense, Matt Milano, the number one rated linebacker in the league per PFF Boogie Basham, the number one rated edge defender in the NFL per PFF Von Miller's fourth uh, out of 108 uh, qualifying defensive ends, uh, Gregory Rousseau, 16th in the NFL out of same 108 qualified players, uh, you know, you have Jordan Phillips, who ranks very highly when he's in the game. A.J. Epinesa, 49th out of 108, so still very serviceable there in, in, in his role. So you have a pretty dominant edge defensive role. You have Kyrie Elam, already uh, 41st-ranked cornerback. Pretty high, um, considering what his tests have had to be so far against a couple of good offenses. And it's just been a really good a really good performance all the way around here from from this team. Uh, in many different facets. And then, you know, if we bring up Tremaine Edmonds, 27th out of 81st linebackers, um, you know, he does do stuff that PFF personally doesn't like, but he's been very good this year. Um, so being 27th out of 81, the Bills are just uh, in a position to where their front seven specifically is uh, as good as any in the NFL, period, Mike. And it we are getting the pressures and the hurries that the analytics side, but now we're starting to trickle in the sacks. So I think that that the combination of the two should make the analytics people happy, and then the sacks should make the numbers, like the the task people happy, right?
0: Yeah, and and that's what we've been talking about all off season. They were already good analytically, getting pressure, and, and their numbers were hovering around the top ten. Uh, but they they accumulated a lot of those numbers in just a few games last year, where they where they really lit up opponents. Uh, right now, it's it seems like a more consistent effort week by week, which is uh, which is very important. And then another thing you have to give credit uh, to the Bills on Sunday was their defensive adjustments in the second half. Leslie Frazier starting to blitz a little bit more. And ideally, the Bills' defense they don't want to blitz that much. Uh, they want to get pressure from the front four and uh, and play coverage and, and stay in nickel, but. It was the uh, the element of surprise that really got the Ravens. They they didn't expect it, and the Bills timed it uh, very well. and part of that is what got Lamar Jackson off his game. So uh, credit to the Bills coaching staff making the necessary adjustments um, on the defensive side of the ball. And and you hit it on the you, you hit it perfectly. Kyler Elam stepping up. These all these guys. In certain situations, they're stepping up. The only thing that you can maybe be a little bit nitpicky on the Bills' defense so far this season is possibly their, their run defense, but even that isn't poor. Uh, pro Football Focus has them in the middle of the pack overall, 16th overall. But they're playing minus uh, Jordan Phillips, Ed Oliver, that, and they, they miss settle for a game. So that makes an impact overall there. But that's really nitpicking when you're talking about the secondary playing, without some of their top players and still playing shutdown defense. You've already played two of the top DVOA offenses in the league, and you haven't allowed an opponent to get over 300 yards yet this season. That is not good news for for the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up with a rookie quarterback uh, in Kenny Pickett, who just threw three interceptions in one half. Um, Do you want to respond to one quick comment before I I toss back over to you? Um, RC3 here. Uh, I, I understand the Ravens defense wasn't phenomenal and that our the Bills offense made mistakes. But the one thing is in the weather, you don't know if you're going to be able to turn that around. There was countless drops early on in that game by both by both teams. So yes, the the Bill's mistakes were were holding them back, but I still want to give them credit for being able to overcome that in those elements. Uh, I sometimes it's hard. Gabe Davis was struggling to hold on to the ball. Obviously, Josh Allen threw a dart that went through Stephon Diggs' hands, and, and people remember the Crowder drop and the James Cook drop. Those are some guys that are good at catching the ball. If they're dropping the ball, it, I'm, I'm going to assume the elements played a, a definite factor in
1: their ability to play uh, as well as they normally would. Yeah, and let's not forget the Ravens started at the five to start the game uh, after a Josh Allen interception. So, uh, yeah sure like each team i think put 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 each other's offenses in pretty good situations to to win games but the bills defense held when it mattered analytically was the move to go for the touchdown probably you have josh allen on the other side the weather element was the weird part where i'm probably considering a field goal more there against in this game than i would be normally um in normal situations with josh allen in a clean moving offense like yeah like you you gotta score touchdowns to beat him he's gonna go down and score Enough people have seen Josh Allen in numerous settings be able to score there. Uh, so I don't blame him for going for it. Honestly, I just factored he would. I didn't even know that that would be the discussion point. I was just like, he's definitely going to go for it. I didn't even think he'd kick a field goal uh, in that situation. But uh, a just- Harbaugh, he always goes for it in a just I don't see him the way he's got Lamar able to – I just it's don't easy. see –
0: It's an easy debate topic the day after, especially when it doesn't work out. If he would have gotten it, they would be praising him all Monday for going for it, being aggressive with a former MVP quarterback. The the percentages say the the Ravens had about a 3.7% better chance of winning if they went for it compared to kicking it. I personally don't think that's a decision that's good or bad either way. If you kick it and you get the three points – there's a good chance the Bills go down the field, get a touchdown. Win. Well, Harbaugh also
1: justified it by saying you make the Bills a four a four down offense now because now they have to come back, which and, is an and he's
0: right. Point. And he's also thinking at this point in time, if the Bills, if the Ravens don't score, the Bills are going to get the ball at the two yard line. And, and personally, I thought the Ravens were going to score. I, I I was surprised uh, at how the play worked out. He had two open guys. He missed the the first one to the left, and then. Obviously he had the guy back in the end zone where he was too late getting the ball credit to the bills pressure on the play, but normally you need two yards. You have Lamar Jackson. You figure even if guys are covered, he's going to be able to run for two yards. So he'll figure it out. And I think they said something like the Ravens were 80% on fourth down situations um, prior to that. So I, I think it became a talking point, but I really don't have an issue with the Ravens going for it. Even if I was a Ravens fan, But credit to the Bills to making a play and then making the Ravens pay by going down the field. Like we said, if the Ravens' defense gets a stop on that third and three, the Ravens still have a tremendous chance at winning the game.
1: So that play didn't win or lose. Because the the Bills don't have a fourth down to go for, whereas they would if they were down three. Yeah, Um, that
0: that play didn't win or lose the game for either team. It's just uh,
1: the Bills stepped up, and you give them credit for doing so. I would have... The Bills did it against the Titans the year prior, like right when they lost, they could have tied it. It's similar. They could have tied it with a field goal and they went with to like 20 seconds left, too, is even a little bit more aggressive. And we were all okay with it at that point in time. So but he slipped. Yeah.
0: I mean, you trust your all pro caliber QB. Who it's it comes down to who do you trust more? Your MVP caliber quarterback or your defense that has been getting destroyed by teams all season. Right.
1: And I, you know,
0: so yeah, I, I, a lot of the, and your, like, and
1: your defense, but putting, getting put on the field on the two with the bills offense that has been okay, but not perfect in that game. Yeah. It's not like they were roaring in the KC game. Yeah. You would probably not give the ball to Josh Allen, but this was different. There's a sideways rain. Like yeah. I, and it, I hate when they make
0: it all about analytics too. Um, the analytics supported the decision, but even without bringing analytics into the conversation, there was still sense for why they, why he made the call that he made Uh, too often. Now we're results oriented with our criticisms. Oh, it didn't work out. So it was the wrong call. No, like they didn't execute. You can, you can have the right call and still not execute. And that's just what sports are. Like, that's why you have an offense and a defense. Uh, uh, It just played out unfortunately. Well, good for bills
1: fans, but uh, unfortunately for the Ravens and, And don't forget, like people get played to pay defense. Shaq Lawson had a good pass rush. He couldn't go to his left and that wasn't, that wasn't Lamar's fault. He there's even Josh Allen couldn't have thrown to his left on that play. So that receiver was out and yeah, he should have, I mean, he's still under pressure needs to throw a complete dime. And that's the exact play the Bills' safeties make though. It's the exact play that didn't get made against the dolphins, the exact play almost where Tua rolls to his left and hits and Jaquan Johnson can't break on the ball. Um, and I was actually really excited to see Hamlin get the start because I think he was the better player the week prior. Uh, Jaquan Johnson's actually the lowest-rated Bills defender on the team, so he did struggle. The Bills did wor- did weren't on the field a lot against Miami, but their weakest link by far was Jaquan Johnson. And just by swapping out Jaquan Johnson for Jordan Poyer, the Bills offense gets a huge boost, and then you throw in Dane Jackson <laughs> over a over former UBUDFA uh, in Ingram, and you have a complete Dane Jackson – you know, you kind of have a resurgence there on the Bills defense to where, yes, you can you can be okay with not having Ed Oliver and a couple others because that's a pretty solid, not great, a pretty solid secondary. And then this week and maybe going forward, I do believe Sean McDermott said, you know, even he mentioned even Kumaro, who I thought was out for longer, as well as Ed Oliver should be back in some fashion this week practicing. I'm hoping that leads to them playing against the Steelers here this weekend. And uh, the bills do have a wide receiver issue. Mike, I wanted to touch oh. on that. Um, Crowder's out for 10 to 12 weeks. Even if they want to bring him back, we'll see. You have uh Kumaro. It may be in, maybe out. You have the concussion serious concussion protocol going on with Isaiah McKenzie, you're down to just three receivers and and Shakir, and then you have a banged up ish Gabe Davis. Uh, do the Bills bring in Tavon Austin? What 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 do you think that they what, what what's the plan there at receiver? Although they do have their one and two, and a lot of people are excited about Shakir. What should happen to the Bills and their receiving core, which is missing you know four, five, and six really?
0: So there's some real concerns with the Bills wideouts right now. The unit was good entering the season, I, I would say. Skill player-wise, the Bills had a top 10 core of skill players. You count Knox in there, Singletary, uh, Diggs, Davis, and and the rest of the guys. But Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at
1: AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
0: As you start suffering these injuries to to your slack guys with Crowder and McKenzie, who knows the status of McKenzie going forward? Um, with concussion protocol and you don't have Kumaro as your insurance uh, for Gabe Davis, basically forcing him to, to play, even if he's not a hundred percent, they're not a great looking unit right now. Overall, even Knox, not a hundred percent being on the injury list uh, of late. It makes things tough for, for the offense and it kind of makes Josh play a little bit superhuman. Now the great thing about the bills is Josh normally does step up and uh, play in, Great, even when he uh, has things going against him. But you can tell right now, looking at some of the deeper numbers, the Bills' offense is struggling just a tad. Um, They're around 10th in DVOA. They're not gelling on all cylinders right now. The run blocking is a little bit of a struggle. Um, But they're going to have to to figure some things out with these wideouts because they are limited right now with what they can do. I think, obviously, you're going to have Diggs uh, be number one, and you're going to have to rely on him a lot uh, going forward until you, you can get some guys healthy back in the lineup. Davis does not look like normal Gabe Davis to me right now. He's still playing over 90% of the snaps, but his production just isn't there. Uh, Had some tough drops. Obviously, the weather contributes to that. I'm excited about Khalil Shakir. I think this kid uh, has ability. I think uh, he can step up and really um, show that he deserves to to get more playing time uh, this week by – having a good performance against Pittsburgh. What do they do behind him? Well, that's going to depend on the the health of McKenzie and Kumro going forward. Um, If McKenzie can't go this week, uh, there's a good chance that you're going to have to call up a couple guys from your practice squad. You might need to bring up uh, Hodgins and potentially Tavon Austin. Uh, Obviously you and I love the Odell Beckham jr. Idea, but that's not something that would solve their issues at the current moment. That's more uh, a month two months from now um, at the soonest. So while I would love the bills to add an OBJ, uh, I think the best situation is what some of the air raid guys were saying earlier, elevating Austin and elevating uh, Isaiah Hodgins, because they have some familiar familiarity with the bills right now. And even though they are not what you would want as your first options, it's better than getting some wide receiver off the street that has no, uh, no continuity with the offense and, could be off the mark. So they're, they're kind of limited what they can do, but I would expect uh, a couple of call-ups from the practice squad. If McKenzie is and, on the, and game. the
1: bills did a really good job with Lamar Jackson and who played Lamar Jackson It was Tavon Austin was told uh, that he was, there is some plans to see him at some point. He said it wasn't this week, meaning the Ravens, um, but he definitely deserves to be called up. We'll see if he's more of the slot fast speed guy that they're looking for, or if they're looking for that bigger bodied, who both could be active because he's more of a Kumaro replacement in a Hodgins, and you have more of an and McKenzie replacement in Tavon Austin. You're gonna need someone to return kicks and punts without Crowder. Mike, I do believe you see both of them this week. And maybe one of them does something enough to to show that they're, you know, aware and relevant to be on the roster. We'll see what happens with Jamison Crowder's roster spot here uh, going forward. I don't think the Bills will miss Crowder that much. I, he showed flashes, um, wasn't quite what I thought he could potentially be. So I don't believe the bills will miss him too, too much where they will miss him is the depth of the team. Now you're, now you're reaching into the practice squad. How much continuity is there with Tavon and Isaiah? Maybe there's some. So I do believe that you'll see both of them this week. They do like to have five active on game day. So they do need, if, 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 if they're both out in terms of um, McKenzie, you will see both of them uh, here this weekend. The bills do need to have five, active receivers on the roster, but I still think they don't, neither of them play over Khalil Shakir. I think Khalil Shakir against a Steelers defense has earned reps for at least a game. I think he's Absolutely. earned. reps,
0: And you know, he was sharp on his limited uh, reps uh, on Sunday and the fan base has been wanting to see more of him. Um, and I think he's up for the challenge. You and I have been talking all off season about Khalil Shakir. Yep. He was, we, we thought he could be a day two pick and he fell to the fifth round. And a lot of people are, you're judged based on where you go in the draft, but that doesn't mean that's where uh, you needed to fall to. Um, Shakir was nasty all training camp. He was great during uh, the preseason. I believe I heard he had 13 receptions on 13 targets uh, in the preseason, was getting open all during camp. So I, I want to see how it translates uh, given the opportunity on Sunday afternoon, because I really think if he can uh, come out and have some decent performances, I'm not even talking about huge games, I think he could earn a, a role sooner than later. And down the line, I, I think Khalil Shakir is going to be a guy that's going to be more valuable to this team than an Isaiah McKenzie or some of the other wideouts that we've been talking about. I, I really do think that Shakir has a chance to to be – an important player on this Bills Bills team, maybe not this season, but down the line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the Steelers coming in here talk about them for a brief minute, you got some pretty good offensive weapons. A little bit different than the Ravens team, who was really strong at quarterback, um, weak at certain weapon positions. But you're going in with Najee Harris. You're coming in with with Pickens, a good, nice-looking rookie receiver. Fryarmoth, a good sophomore tight end. Uh, Chase Claypool, who's always shown the ability to be good, even though he's limited this year. Uh, Deontay Johnson, who's definitely good. Uh, So there's definitely some very talented skill positions here in the Steelers, which is interesting for a Steelers team that usually relies on defense. And without TJ Watt, there's just a lot of struggle on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, They're losing to the Jets. They're not looking good across the board. You know, Edmonds and Fitzpatrick's a pretty good safety core. Uh, Outside of that, though, they definitely have some struggles across their front seven. Uh, You know, they're rolling Miles Jack right now, uh, who's been okay. Devin Bush, who's been okay, hasn't been great yet. Levi Wallace, 89th in the league at cornerback room. Uh, So there's going to be definitely some, he's been in and out of the lineup. Um, You know, Arthur Mollett is their nickel. Uh, He's been not very good in the nickel. Uh, And Sutton's been okay at the boundary. A little bit of success from uh, Highsmith and Hayward there in in the front. And then Ogunjobi and Reed have been below average. Uh, So it's definitely not as good of a defense as the Steelers normally have. They definitely have some good skill players. We're probably going to see, Uh, rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, um, at this stage of the game. So it's going to be interesting to see He had two rushing touchdowns, look horrible throwing the ball though. Um, as, as McDermott does like to confuse uh, other teams, rookie quarterback does a really good job in these situations, whether it's the Mike whites, uh, the, you know, whoever these lower end quarterbacks that are, are coming in and, uh, looking to, to compete against a very confusing, a uh, very situational man cover two defense uh, that does seem to give rookies some challenges.
0: Yeah, if you're Pittsburgh, I, this is the worst case first start for Kenny Pickett going up against a Bills defense that I believe is the the top unit in the NFL. I understand they were kind of forced into the situation by the way Mitch Trubisky was looking. Trubisky was horrible. Uh, there's no excuses. I, I thought Mitch was going to be all right in Pittsburgh this year was not the case. They had to make it a switch and um Pickett almost guided them to a win over the Jets, but unfortunately uh, made some, some poor mistakes late in that ball game. Mm-hmm. But you, you're right. The Steelers have some quality offensive weapons, but for whatever reason, they just have not been able to get things going in recent years. I don't know if it's scheme, obviously Uh, There's a lot of jokes about Big Ben's arm uh, just being gone in recent years and not being able to extend the field. Hasn't made a difference with Mitch Trubisky in the lineup. Are they going to take chances with Kenny Pickett? I find that very hard to believe. I think they are going to kind of ease him in slowly, probably rely on a heavy run attack, which if you are going to attack the Bills' defense, the run defense is – Probably the one area where you can maybe have a little bit more success. But if the Bills know they're going up against a one-dimensional offense with an inexperienced play caller, it, it doesn't it doesn't look good for Pittsburgh. And the one thing you can give the Steelers credit for, they do have a solid defense, DVOA, ranked 10th in the league. But they don't have T.J. Watt. He was the one that was wrecking, wreaking damage um, last year uh, against the Bills. Offensive line Melvin Ingram was the other person that was causing a ton of um, issues for the Bills offensive line. He's down in Miami now. I can't see the Pittsburgh defense limiting the Bills enough like they did last year to make this a ball game. I, I think this is a game where Pittsburgh they might score 10 points. Uh the Bills could score 24 27 points this game and win by 17 points. Uh I, I just don't see how. Uh, the sealers are going to be able to keep up unless they yeah. had some miraculous effort, but uh, on paper, this is not, this isn't even close to the same matchup as last year.
1: No, not even, not even similar. They're missing a lot of their, their better players. Najee Harris is only rushing for 3.5 yards per carry. Talk about a team that also can't run block. Um, there definitely has some real big challenges blocking for what should be one of the best running backs in the league for all your fantasy players out there already has 58 attempts four weeks. in that's a lot in the modern day NFL for a team that's one in three. Uh, a is by far him and Deontay Johnson are by far the only guys getting targets over there. Um, they both have 30 plus targets. Uh, that's, that's, that's a ton. Uh, they're not really getting pickings. He's shown flash ins involved and Claypool's kind of gone MIA um, for, you know, the kind of talent he does have. So other than that, there's there's they do have some t- talented starters. They don't have a lot of depth. Their offensive line's not particularly good. Um, they definitely have some decent defensive players, but without TJ Watt, it's just not a very scary unit to me. Uh, except for Alex Highsmith, who has five and a half sacks. Uh, but outside of that, and you know you always know what you're going to get with uh, with Aminka Fitzpatrick. But outside of that, uh, it's just. Uh, still a lackluster group, but Alex Highsmith's kind of making up for it with uh, with his production so far um, as a former third-round pick a couple of years ago in 2020. So he's been pretty good uh, by all accounts, already almost touching his total career number of six sacks in the first four weeks. So he's somebody that will be paired up nicely with TJ Watt going forward, uh, but I do believe that the, the DBs... They struggled late against the jets that the, the, the um, Steelers DVOA is a little bit inflated to me. They've played the Browns with, uh, with a bad quarterback play. They played the Patriots with bad quarterback play. They played the jets. Um, uh, so to me, it's just a matter of like, and they lost to the, the
0: Patriots all three of those. and the
1: Browns. And those were both three those. For new England in
0: Cleveland, despite the close scores, they kind of, they both controlled those contests. So, Pittsburgh has not looked good outside. Even the Cincinnati win. That was the defense having a heroic effort, shutting down Joe Burrow, forcing a lot of
1: turnovers, and they still should have lost that game in the end. Yeah, definitely. And that's when the Bengals have been struggling. You know, they've been an up-and-down team themselves. But you're talking about beating Mac Jones, Jacoby Brissetta, and Zach Wilson. Um, it's going infl- to or Excuse me, they lost all three of them, but inflating their DV- defensive DVOA a little bit there, uh, it's going to be completely different now that they got. I get they have a streak of Josh Allen, Tom Brady, to uh, Jalen Hurts uh, back to back to back. Uh, they're they're uh, they that DVOA is going to slip real quickly depending on when TJ Watt can get back uh, because that's going to even out with their first four quarterback appearances that they've had. So I don't believe the Steelers are legitimate. I don't think that there's really any huge competition for these wild card spots. Mike, that's kind of how I wanted to, to kind of wrap up today's show was your overall look of the AFCs, particularly in general. I mean, you got obviously, you know, you, you got the Chiefs and the Bills at the top right now. You got the Dolphins, really the third best team in the AFC somehow. Right now they are. Um, that's kind of where they're sitting, sitting nicely. You still have, you know, the Bengals, uh, the Titans and the Ravens right there. But outside of that, you know, you're now looking at a team in the Browns without a quarterback right now, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and maybe the Broncos and Chargers. But there's not all every all of those teams are five and five though. So. Yeah,
0: I'll, I'll be quick because I know you do have to get going soon. Uh, we unfortunately have to wrap up a little bit early today. I think right now uh, it's a conference that's all about Buffalo and Kansas City. It's the same thing it's been for the last two seasons. Yep. Um, there's no team. No, no other teams that are up to the level of the Bills and the Chiefs. We wanted to talk the Chargers into that conversation. They're not there, but I'm not done on the Chargers. It's going to be tough with uh, Herbert hurt all year, but I do think the Chargers are still in one of the top tier, the, that next top tier behind the, the Bills and the Chiefs. They're my number one wild card. Dolphins, number two wild card. Um, in the AFC South, it can go anyone. I, I, I think Jacksonville has a chance to be a playoff team in that division. Um, the, the early season DVOA is actually pretty high on Jacksonville um, overall. They are the number four DVOA team overall in the NFL at this point. So is Tennessee that great? Is Indy that great? I don't know. Uh, I Money would probably say Tennessee wins the division, but wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville gives them um, – mm. Gives them a, a fight for it, and then if you're talking third third wild card, I'm thinking probably Cincinnati, but uh, I think Cleveland, if they had Deshaun Watson this year, would would easily be a playoff team. I, I I don't feel bad for the Browns because this was a situation they knew they were getting themselves into, and they chose this, but. I really do feel like Cleveland is one of the top 7 teams in the AFC and they're just they're losing these close games to average teams because they just have a subpar quarterback leading the way. They shouldn't have lost to the Jets, that took a miracle finish, and then losing to Atlanta. Like uh, this this Cleveland team should be 4-0 right now. Half waiting for Deshaun to come back. If they were 6 and 5 when Deshaun comes back, they could they could easily get to the playoffs. But as a result, I think somehow – I think it's going to be Cincinnati or Denver getting that last spot because eventually Denver or Vegas, one of those teams, is going to figure things out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Levi Wallace, I've seen some people discussing him. He's like in and out between like the second, the third, and the fourth cornerback. They play Akela Witherspoon a lot. He didn't play last week. They played a Levi exclusively there. Sutton's uh, mainly their corner one right now. So they definitely – kind of mix and match that cornerback room similar to what the bills were trying to do, but with, you know, in my opinion, worse, worse players, Trey Norwood played a lot, a lot last week, uh, uh, Oklahoma sooner from draft pick from last year. So there's definitely some in and out going on in the uh, cornerback room uh, as well as Arthur Mollett, a guy that has played uh, a good amount too, in and out of the lineup. So they have guys that have played a game here and a game there and Levi's in that mix. Occasionally he's like corner one, sometimes he's corner four, Uh, it's just an interesting uh, already look as compared to like Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds, their safeties who play every snap. So just really interesting mix what they're doing with between five corners to play like three spots. So they're kind of like giving games here, little injuries there. Uh, So they're doing some interesting things at the DB position. But yeah, Mike, when it comes to the Browns, I think they could have had a chance at the final wildcard spot as well. I do think the Bengals will figure it out enough. I don't know how much, but they'll figure it out enough uh, to be in that final wild card position uh, come the end of the year as well. And always going to be putting pressure on whoever gets to play them in the two-seven matchup. That's going to be a uh, an interesting matchup uh, for whoever does have to score. The Bengals coming in, but uh, they they just they're not even ticking on the cylinders that they were last year, in my opinion.
0: So they didn't have look to...
1: right against Miami either. The, the Bengals not look like
0: the same team uh, they were last year.
1: No, the, the Miami was finally beat themselves for once, um, which was, which was really interesting and good to see. But so guys, we have the film room coming up at nine, going to be a good show going on over there. Make sure you get out, tune in uh, and appreciate everybody from listening into, to our show. We're going to have still a pretty good guest schedule today it was me and Mike, but I definitely have some guests lined up for the future. Tyson Raukes coming up soon uh, with the Jets. That's going to be a fun one, at least if they're winning some games, I love bringing in the Jets guys, but underdog fantasy use promo code cover one will match up to a hundred dollars on your first deposit really great platform best best ball fantasy football is amazing it's season-long leagues do best ball they set your lineup based on the best players on your roster you don't have to worry about it you set it and forget it get out there to underdog fantasy use promo code cover one and we'll match a hundred dollars of your deposit to win anything possible over there it's real fun time with underdog mike last question i had for you I got. I got to put it on record. One final question: You should know where this is going. Um, do you roster Zach Moss? Do you give him the football not, any any longer? Oh my god! So you made me hear it all preseason about how we're underestimating I, him. I don't care either way. Okay, all right. All right. They,
0: whatever the Bills do, they do. I was just telling okay. you during camp, during the preseason, what the what I thought the Bills' coaching mindset was, right. and I thought they had a role for him. The one thing I did not expect going into the season is how much they would wait on James Cook to earn his role. I thought, okay, ease him in, you, you make him earn his time, but to to just basically not have him even part of the game plan has been fascinating to me. Um, I understand he had the fumble on his first carry. I understand he had a drop last week, but I, I would like to see him a little bit more uh, just to see what he can do. Because right now, I get it. You stick with what you're familiar with. Zach Moss has been in the league now his third year. Cook is a rookie. But I think Cook deserves some of these carries. So, yeah, I'm I'm finally on the same page as you. Although Moss hasn't been horrendous, the line has also been horrible in front of him. And the last thing I want to say, because I know you do have to, to get going soon, uh, I don't know if you want to make picks, but I want to pick the Bills this week. Yeah. 27 to 13 over Pittsburgh the last I checked the line was 14 so if it stays that way I have it going as a tie once again but I don't see any avenue that the Steelers can win this game the only way I could see it possibly happening happening is if they are successful running the ball able to, to keep the clock moving and their defense gets onto to a down. strong start where they force a turnover and get uh, a cheap touchdown off of a, a pick six or a fumble recovery uh, in the red zone. Because other than that, I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball. If this gets to a game where Pittsburgh's down double digits, the bills are set up perfectly where you're starting to make Kenny Pickett throw it in the air against your number one ranked secondary. So don't like the odds on that. And then a little subtle brag. 33, 13, no, 33, 14 and one. Money line against the spread over under last week. If you want to get some NFL good picks, follow me on uh, Tally Sports in the future, Kev. Mike's,
1: Mike's Tally site is popping off over there. Mike's Tally site. Uh, shout out to Mike for having his first big Tally site week. I think I was the, the sixth ranked uh, money line expert this week, 13 and three myself. Um, so definitely follow the cover one. Uh, podcast networks tally site as there's definitely been some high performers uh, there on the tally site network I think I finished like top 30 last year um, in all of rankings Mikes Mike's making a boost himself so we'll, we'll have to track Mike and we'll have to, to Mike's a sharp sharp in disguise uh, so we'll have to sh- to track Mike's uh, tally site going on um, but as far as the game prediction goes I have 3113 that's what's been sticking out for me for for a while it's gonna be one of those sloppy second quarters you watch it happen it's gonna be like, one of those where they're loitering around where it's like 13 to six. Um, you know, we'll see something like that happen, but then the bills as always just dominate even in losses uh, in the fourth quarter for most of Josh Allen's career, whether he's playing good or the team it, it's both or one or the other, but uh, definitely a lot to go. Uh, love watching this team in the fourth quarter. Um, so get out there, check out our tally sites, please smash like to bring us content the cover one film rooms coming up here shortly here in the next hour. So make sure you do tune into that and uh, become a premium subscriber. We love seeing you guys in your shirts uh, going out. We're retweeting all of that all week long. So your, your, your shirts, your subscription, be access to the Slack channel, which is roaring. Like it's roaring. If you remember the bills message board, the Slack channel is roaring during the game. So get out there, subscribe, get in to be a, a one pass member and learn the game through, through experts like Eric, Uh, and Anthony and Kendall and others and stay for the fun like us in the air eight hour um, and other shows that we have here on the podcast network. But from the going deep podcast, the bills victory Monday, yesterday it's Tuesday today. And hopefully we'll continue the bills victory Mondays going forward next week, right into the prime time slot uh, bills, KC game. Kevin, Mike, we'll catch you here same time every Tuesday, seven o'clock, right here on the Go, on the Cover One Podcast Network.
0: Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep.
1: To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing?
0: We're hoping to add a, a
1: new dimension to the Cover One Network
0: deep down field and
1: it's Right now, I just want to talk about this championship. Well, I have never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I
0: want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary, how do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone, and caught for a touchdown. play action,